with sound. Alright, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we're going to be continuing our road to the Oscars with the movie Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Shaka King, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and Dominic Fishback. Um, just a little heads up for you guys, this is a fairly new film. You could watch, I think it's streaming, you could kind of like rent it kind of for like 20 bucks or something. It's also in select theaters if you want to watch it there. Um, but this is just a heads up that this talk is going to be spoiler filled. So if you want to come back and watch the movie, then come back and listen to this. You can do that. If you want to spoil it for yourself for whatever reason, you can do that as well. But I really don't think you should because it's a really good film. But with that, Carmela, what were your expectations, context, opinions, and all that? First off with the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. So for context, I all I heard was like just good stuff about this movie when it premiered last year at Sundance. Um, and I think recently I haven't really heard much buzz about it. Um, just I think just because of the other Oscar or Best Picture um, nominations we're getting a little more traction. But um, I also don't have any like background knowledge specifically of Fred Hampton, which the, what the movie is about and his life and death. Um, so I basically knew next to nothing about this movie. Um, just like a very vague context of the Black Panther Party. But um, yeah, this was a very, very emotional, very electrifying and like passionate and very angering movie um incredible performances from like literally everyone but um to name two people daniel kaluuya and lakeith stanfield and it was actually really really well paced for this type of movie i think um this like this is a biographical movie and i feel like these movies tend to struggle juggling multiple perspectives and multiple like timelines even um but this movie was paced really well I like had no trouble following like anything that was happening. I like wasn't lost for like a moment. Um, but yeah, this movie was also uh, it was just a plethora of like knowledge for me, I guess, um, in terms of Black history. And this isn't like the end all be all. This is definitely like more of a gateway to learning more about these like prominent Black history figures. Um, but yeah, Josh, what was your context and what did you think about this movie? Um, so the first like time I've actually heard of the film was kind of like when it first released. I kind of like already saw it as a really cool film because I remember seeing a trailer or something of it and it looked really, really cool seeing Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield and obviously see them in this light of, of the Black Panther history and, and that timeline as well. And I was like, wow, that looks really cool. Um, but I never like actually got to watch it i didn't hear anything super duper crazy but i just knew that like people really did like the film a lot of people that did watch the film uh, afterwards really wanted to learn more about fred hampton really wanted to get it more deep into to historic black figures um and especially with the time now and everything that's happened it's it's kind of crazy the coincidence because today is 420 um the the day that sort of had the verdict with the person that the officer that killed George Floyd 
that was announced today being guilty and it's just it was weird that like one that you first watched the movie today as that was kind of happening and that two we're kind of recording this this movie out of all the, like the oscar nominations it's this movie that we're recording today it's really weird um but apart from that yeah like it's it's so interesting because it was it was like you said very electrifying it was very inspiring for me um and it was really cool to see this depiction of the black panthers because i only i really don't have a, a background knowledge of the black panthers other than like what the school taught me which is like they're extreme they're violent and they're run by black people essentially there was no like exterior interior history after that it was just like oh it's about these people like the black Panthers are these people that had this extreme movement and um if i remember correctly like the school that taught me it like portrayed it as the opposite of martin luther king mm-hmm. of, no like, same for me this yeah right it, yeah like, it's like oh like, we have literally. martin luther king and then the opposite of that is like the black panthers and it was like this weird like um opposite that they portrayed for us that like it can't be one of the same that these two people both want civil rights it was like Martin Luther King wanted peace and civil rights and Black Panthers wanted violence kind of a thing. It was this weird depiction. I don't know. Like, that's all I remember of, like, what they taught me about the Black Panthers. And not to mention, like, historic black figures was very, like, a smidge. Like, it was a smidge of knowledge that we were taught. Like, we were taught Martin Luther King, um, Rosa Parks, and that was about it. Um, There's this very funny, like, TikTok or video that I saw. It's, like these black kids in like a, a classroom and they're like so for black history martin luther king and we're moving on to slavery and then the the kids in the class are like that's it that's all we did and like kind of like that weird kind of like that interesting idea of like how western education teaches black history and how they sort of observe black history month without actually you know teaching us about black history in that sense mm-hmm. um but yeah it was a really cool and in-depth look on on a party that i knew nothing about and um, especially now, like it's Black Panthers are essentially something that like I kind of understand more of now, especially with the time now and especially what's happening now. Um, but apart from that, like the movie was really, really great. And I this was definitely one of the Oscars, that, the Oscar nominations I did want to watch just because like of how it looked and the trailer that I saw and what it was about, the actors. Um, not to mention like this movie like received a bunch of like Oscar nominations oscar for best picture best supporting actor best original screenplay best cinematography and best original song um which is also crazy because even wrote here the nomination controversy that happened with the oscars i guess like the best supporting actor nominations is both daniel kalua and lakeith stanfield which they're pretty much both leading actors of this film (laughs) but for whatever reason oscars the academy awards put them for best supporting actor um, which is kind of weird. I don't know if you have more knowledge about that, if you want to talk about that a little more. Um, I mean, I just, I, I think I saw the controversy happen live on, like, Twitter, and Lakeith Stanfield, like, just, like, quote-tweeted, like, the Academy. It was just basically, like, I don't know if he tweeted, like, question marks, or it was just, like, okay, like, what the fuck? Um, he was like, okay, but I'll take it kind of thing. But, yeah, nonetheless, like, you know, even though Josh and I are doing this, like, road to Oscars thing, we also do have to remember the Oscars are merely an award ceremony. It's, like, not... At at, at its best, it's, like, just giving these, like, great films, like, more recognition, but it's not the end-all be-all of, like, recognition, but... Yeah, it's just, it's kind of offensive when they, like, nominate the lead actors as best supporting actors, kind of like how they, 
how they did Minari. They like it was a foreign film. It's not it's not an actual like it's it's nominated for best foreign film or whatever. Or what that was the Golden Globes. But yeah, anyway, same thing, but yeah, it's just kind of offensive, but it's just yeah, an award. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess just a reminder for most award ceremonies, they tend to be white leading, white leaning, and sort of uh, misunderstand the prompt. <laughs> you know, they sort of like misunderstand the homework assignment of what they're trying to judge or whatever. Um, that goes with just not even this, but with like the Grammys and stuff. We always see that this sort of like misinterpretation of someone's art and what they perceive it as and whether or not they're giving this like nomination just to have that diversity in it so they don't look like it's all white nominations <laughs> kind of a thing um so yeah of course like obviously we are doing this road to oscars thing but obviously it's not that important it is not the end-all be-all it's just another award award show that people tend to put in a high place but of course there are dozens about of films and media that all these award shows sort of overlook and don't credit and obviously a lot of the times it seems to be like a lot of um not much diversity in the higher ups of the judging and all that i'm just guessing i'm not sure obviously i'm, I'm pretty not sure you're right. <laughs> but you could kind of assume yeah you know? you we, we like, know yeah <laughs> have a feel for it but yeah and honestly like those daniel kalua and lakeith stanfield killed this killed this part we'll talk about that later but they killed it and they deserve more than just the supporting actor nomination but before i get into that um carmela do you want to give a little plot summary of the film so right to the point this is a biographical film about the betrayal of fred hampton chairman of the illinois chapter of the black panther party by william o'neill an fbi informant Boo <laughs> or ooh, I, mean, I don't know which one to do. Ooh or boo, <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah, I know both. Um, but man, it's interesting because um, when I was watching the film, and Sophia was telling me this earlier, when after we watched it, I was like, "Why is it called Judas and the Black Messiah?" You know, why is it sort of why is that about you know that that's two subjects? And then like watching the film and what happened, I was like, "Damn, that's a crazy name that like <laughs> happens to fit right like spot on." It was. It was crazy. Like it's just, it was cool to see the movie title unfold. Not like not to mention that it's a very sick title and, and it describes it perfectly. Um, but yeah, just with that, like this this film was very very great. Um, it was a lot, I guess, more in the depths of sort of like sort of like the civil rights movement and all that. And that message they're trying to portray was a lot more, I guess really really in your face and stronger with this film obviously it's about the black panther so obviously it's gonna be like that um but it felt more it felt like it was more enticing to me it was uh there's a little more action than the most films we watched apart from promising young women it was very very inspiring like hearing fred hampton talk in that way even if it i'm, I'm sure it's kind of based off actual speeches and stuff like that but the, seeing it how it's delivered by daniel kalua and seeing the people around him react to, to something like this and the way he talked and the way he sort of like motivated people. It was just like, it was so inspiring just watching it, even though I know it's not necessarily the real thing, but hearing those words and hearing stuff like that is very reminiscent of protests that happen today and things that I hear when I go like on protests and stuff like that. And, and the same amount of things and information that I hear that inspire me within the film and within real life it was just very much like a electrifying moment for me to be like yeah like i remember like 
trying to to protest this kind of same thing and hearing the same thing and being inspired by the same thing and hearing this on the film and something that's more publicly watched is really fantastic to see not only because of it's very inspiring but it also motivates people to fight for black rights and civil rights in that matter and sort of almost like try to learn more about black history and more about the prominent figures in black history not to mention civil rights history um but yeah it was just a really great film very inspiring very like very like like i was really really interested to see what happens like i was so into this film when i was watching it and it was just so great to watch um what did you think of it yeah i definitely had the same feelings i was like so sucked into the movie at some point that I like forgot that Daniel Kaluuya was like depicting uh, this historical figure and it wasn't actually him and that just speaks volumes on how like engrossing this movie is and like yeah how like inspiring and powerful and passionate like the delivery of like all the actors um words are and yeah it was just it was really really electrifying and like energizing but on also the flip side it was really sad and like very angering um and just amidst all of like those emotions we're like watch or we watch this in like a very timely moment in like the past in the past year um like you said earlier today was basically um the verdict for George Floyd's murder was given, um, and he's guilty. And it was, yeah, all of all of these things um, happening at the same time. I literally watched the, this movie like a couple hours after that verdict was given, so I was kind of like in that emotional mindset. And then the movie itself just like pushed me even further, and I was like, holy shit! Like, um, but yeah, um, it's. Ultimately, I think this movie for sure is like very encouraging for me to like basically learn more about black history and look even further into the Black Panther Party and like all of these black historical figures um, beyond even beyond this movement. Um, And yeah, it's it's just the best gateway like or these movies i think are just the best gateway like entry into like this knowledge if you don't know where to start kind of thing if you like don't want to read a book if you like don't have that as a hobby or something i think cinema or movies are like maybe the next best thing for you know this type of like entryway into of knowledge yeah like i honestly felt the same way because um it's also kind of weird how kind of relatable it is this film i felt like uh like you i was also very engrossed with it and i almost forgot that like this actually happened i thought it was like you know someone's story but it was just a fantastic like um story and portrayal of you know fred hampton and, and what happened to the black panther party but yeah it was definitely a good jumping point for me to like try and figure out more about like the black panther party fred hampton and black civil rights leaders and all that like this is some like after watching this film i was like damn i'm definitely gonna like try and find books and things to try learn more about it because especially how much like how like relatable this movie was especially in our day and age like the fact that like the black panther party is really against capitalism it's really against you know the adjustments in the injustice in the world and stuff like that it's like really weird because like at this point in time i feel like um 
socialism and anti-capitalism is a very prominent subject right now, especially with people our age. I feel like they're very much open to the idea of socialism, open to the idea of going against capitalism. I think that right now it seems like the most open for most people, I think. Uh, I think like a lot of people try and figure out ways to overcome capitalism in that way and try to figure out a better lifestyle in which that like would help more people than themselves and stuff like that. Like, it was so interesting to see this movie and be like, wait a minute, like I that's cool. Like why doesn't it happen here, you know? And it, it was cool to see that reflected on screen and, and so interesting how relative like rel- relatable it is now with people our age and stuff like that. And of course, like I said this earlier, it's just so crazy about how like Fred Hampton and the Black Panther movement and Malcolm X for that matter isn't really taught in schools or or you know high schools middle school or anything like that it's not mentioned whatsoever like this is the first time i heard of Fred hampton in my life and it's insane to to realize that like there's so much more to the black panther party than what western education has taught us and even watching this film i'm questioning like damn like do we need to go to like high school (laughs) like do we need to do that because i feel like they're limiting certain parts of what we need to learn and fred hampton and the black panther party like a more in-depth look would have been really cool to see in school. Like, I don't know. I feel like I would have a better understanding of the Black Panthers and Malcolm X and Fred Hampton if they were able to talk more of it in depth at school, a part of just giving us, obviously, um, just giving us more than just, like, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and that that sort of period of time and then skip over to, like, whatever they taught us afterwards. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, kind of like... Did you ever question, like, Western education at this time of, like, why didn't they teach us this? Why are they, you know, blocking out certain parts of history that we definitely should have learned? Like, Christopher Columbus raping people and, like, pillaging, like, these these countries and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, it's just so much that I'm, like, questioning, like, questioning Western, edu- Western education and, like, my own high school experience learning and stuff like that. Um. Yeah, like, I definitely had the same exact like experience almost as you with um when you mentioned how malcolm x was like depicted as martin luther king's like opposite kind of thing and he was depicted in a very much worse light and he was like oh like i think we were taught that he was like a bad person basically because he used violence or he was like pro-violence um and then martin luther king was depicted as this like angel almost and like like he like was the shining star of like the black people but then he was murdered oh no and it's like it it never really delved into anything in between all of those statements there was like no gray it was just like black like literally black and white um and it's just so weird yeah realizing and learning all of these new things now as like adults um and that like basically your entire high school education was a lie or at least the history portion of it um but yeah i i don't know if you ever if you watch this weird cartoon in either elementary or high school about racism it was about this kid who gets sent back into time and like he saves martin Lu- or he does he save Martin Luther King from getting killed or something like that? He like changes history somehow. And then it like in the end, basically the movie was trying to say, oh, Martin Luther King has to die so that people 
will have equal, like black people will have civil rights and equality in the modern day. And it's just so weird and crazy to realize how fucking wrong that shit is. It's like, what is this cartoon? It was like weird white propaganda. Cause like they even cast like, or they animated all of the children, the child characters as like this rainbow coalition as like, there's like a black girl, there's a Mexican girl, there's an Asian girl, there's like the, like all of these diverse like, um, kids and there's like a white guy and then it's like showing them all in like harmony and it's like oh if you go back in time to save martin luther king from being murdered this is what the future looks like and the future was basically everyone was against every race was like against each other it was like a weird cartoon i don't know if you saw this movie but looking back that's fucking weird and just another example of how like warped and how skewed and specific like our western education was it's basically like history is i guess truly taught by like you know the people who win or quote unquote or the people who are in power um and all of these things all of these things are like just mysteriously like not a part of like our knowledge um but i'm very grateful that we're learning now but yeah Anyways, what do you think about that? Did you ever see that crazy ass cartoon? Okay, that's crazy. Okay, I was actually gonna talk to you about that or like mention that because I remember watching it. Okay, I, I remember watching it right, but I don't remember anything about it. Okay, it it honestly felt like a fever dream to me. Yeah, like, it, it it was <laughs> throughout throughout the years. Right, I'm trying to figure out like this is before Google or anything. I'm trying to figure out what this movie is because I kind of want to watch it again when I was like in high school early college because i don't know if anyone has heard of it (laughs) and i remember watching it and then like thinking back at that high school age like this movie we shouldn't have been shown this movie because one it was kind of scary because i remember it was the one okay the one scene i remember (laughs) is that like they're back in time or whatever and the dude the dude's a main black character yeah and he goes back in time with like his white homie or something yeah (laughs) and there's a point in the movie i don't know what happens but they land in this like time period and the white homie ditches him and says like yo i can't be seen with you you're not like what i want kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and like he dips out and then the 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 guy is by himself in this like older time and trying to figure out like i guess a way back home or something like that's as far as i remember i was scared because i was like what your homie just left you like that like in, in my head like when i watched it as a kid I was like damn i can't believe you left him like that you have to like figure this thing and like it was just like crazy like crazy movie that i don't remember because there's just so much things that were happening i was kind of scared of it a little bit mm-hmm. scared me scary. a little bit and now that you tell me like the we, sort of you're, the, you're not crazy we shared the, film, the same memory. I, I know i was like it's crazy because like now that you talked about it and like I, there's Twitter now and stuff like that and they like talk about the movie. I'm like, yo, that's the movie I've been looking for. <laughs> and then now I'm just like, um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the one I'm looking for. Maybe I don't want to watch it anymore. No, I don't know. Maybe I uh, have a bad picture. It of was it. bad. But here, yeah, hearing you talk about it and then thinking about the fact that like I watched this in elementary school. Like this was right? something they showed to the class. Um they sort of had this like weird oh i don't know like the fact that he like said like he has to die is kind of like i don't know if you've seen the tweet i think uh someone tweeted it i think it, it was some sort of 
political member mm-hmm. tweeted like thank you george floyd for sacrificing yourself for justice oh yeah something. yeah did fuck. you see that That's i funny. i yeah i forgot who it was but yeah what the fuck yeah. like- I, for- <laughs> I was like yo and then now that you're telling me this i was like damn this is crazy like the fact that like this sort of you know rhetoric this is, is being the same now. shit <laughs> like i t- damn i didn't know that was the rest of the movie that how that movie turned out um but yeah like going back to like how we how like education sort of like depicted martin luther king and then comparable to like malcolm x it was almost like a choose one you know choose the good side of the bad side kind of thing mm-hmm. and they never really gave us more information on malcolm x and they also never gave us information about how they sort of like kind of not agreed with each other but sort of saw what they're doing in their own eyes you know i know like martin luther king and malcolm x sort of had um somewhat of understanding it's not like they rivaled each other that's what i thought in my head like the way that i was taught is that like malcolm x hated martin luther king martin luther king hated malcolm Uh. x because of their differing viewpoints and that's just sort of like what i was taught and sort of what i assumed at that point Mm -hmm. um but just hearing about it now i'm like watching this film and and seeing it in the eyes that i have now it's just like so interesting about like how we were taught and how we were supposed to view things and how you know black people are supposed to be like quote unquote sacrificed for like the civil rights which honestly is so insane and i don't know like the fact that like we're talking about this and like seeing it like is like in real life happening in real time yeah yeah like this crazy it's like like, damn (laughs) that movie was problematic as hell and like i don't want to watch anymore um and it scared me when i was little um but yeah it was just it's just crazy and then like growing up learning about malcolm x and martin luther king you sort of see why malcolm x was viewed as this extremist is because like he was almost tired of of trying to do things peacefully in that sense there's so many instances within this world and within this life that like they sort of just bypass everything because of how you know black people were treated and how black people were trying to protest and trying to peacefully riot in that sense of of getting these human rights but as a as like time goes on as i get older i understand why malcolm x or the black panthers sort of resorted to their own methods is because like it's it's honestly so tiring and so like repetitive having to go through the motions and not get anything back from it yeah i mean it's like it's been years it's been so many years since you know the black panthers were here since malcolm x was here since fred happen was here and honestly nothing has really changed that much other than the fact that it's there's no more segregation like there's racism running rampant whether or not you live in california there's racism rampant in the higher ups obviously in the government and the police and so many aspects are alive are still so racist after so many years of this and after so many tireless hours of peacefully protesting in that sense and trying to do whatever they can um without violence and obviously it's it's not working essentially and i've mentioned this before but there's also there's like this quote that tupac says of um he sort of like compares it to um a hotel room that has all the food in the hotel he kind of like says like we're we're on the other side we're neighbors and i'm knocking at your door like can i have some food please after one week it's gonna get louder like please can we have some food after like a month or so it's it's like banging the door banging it down and like trying to figure out like we need some food now we need it now and then after three months he sort of compares that how he sort of wrapped it's like 
after four months of not having food, I'm going to be like picking on the lock coming through blasting, like kind of like visualizing that sort of civil rights sort of, uh, civil rights sort of like, how do I explain it? Civil rights sort of, um, like unfulfillment in that sense. Like they're so hungry, malnourished because of how they're being treated that they have to use by any means necessary, AKA Malcolm X in that sense. And, um, we'll talk about this more later, but sort of like how Black Panther's methods used with violence and sort of how that affects their party. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it, it makes so much sense. Like being older, being it in a different eyes and then, at the same time also questioning western education and how that's depicted i don't know it's just who is this crazy like so much is coming to me right now and like <laughs> about like so many things i don't know start talking karma <laughs> <to> process this <laughs> um yeah i think it's gonna take some time to fully process our failed education system um but i guess uh, another hard question I wanted to ask was um, what <laughs> did you think about the position that Bill O'Neill, the guy who betrayed Fred Hampton, was put in and can you kind of like understand slash like sympathize with his actions or is it like completely unforgivable? That's a, yeah, very hard question. After I told you, I want to like process them. You just told me another question. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I guess it was more into with the movie, so I guess it's fine. Um, that's a really hard question. It's it's like a weird question for me. It's I want to say it's hard. I don't want to say it's easy. Um, from where I'm standing, like obviously, I don't think what he did was unforgivable. Um, being essentially like a double agent against his own like race essentially and going against uh, a movement that was only pushing more towards civil rights more availability and and things like that for the black community and he obviously was he honestly was a helping hand into sort of dismembering the black panthers and that sort of movement um and just watching the film too he's obviously depicted as this terrible person like even towards the end too they sort of explain like what he says and then moments later commits suicide about it he obviously wasn't fine with it himself i think he a certain part of him yeah he was paid off yeah he was hired to do this i think a certain part of him though kind of had faith in the black panther party um i think someone like a double agent doesn't necessarily like completely detach themselves from their assignment i think at some point they become invested they kind of understand what's happening they sort of you know understand the the movement and what they're trying to depict and especially in um bill o'neill's case it's something that's very relatable for him um you know he's someone that's like trying to get off the streets trying to get out of trying to stay off stay out of jail um not to mention like his sentencing if he were to be in prison was kind of a long time i'm not sure what the justicism obviously about how like it usually is but it seemed like he was going to become in jail for almost the rest of his like for most of his life essentially and obviously he doesn't want that um but just out of hindsight just for the sake of his questions i don't think it's something that's unforgivable i think his actions essentially ruined a lot for history afterwards um not to mention killing someone so prominent within the black community killing someone that's really for black civil rights and trying to get there um 
And not to mention, just playing into the fucking feds. Like, he became this someone that was part of the, the F, like FBI, quote-unquote, and taking down someone that they thought was a threat just because of his skin color and because of what he was fighting for. He essentially became someone that, like, was essentially a, a, an op at that point and, and ruining something that, like, would have helped benefit future black communities down the line. I think it's he ruined more than just Fred Hampton and his family. He ruined black civil rights in that sense and where, where the Black Panthers could have gone at that point. Um, so in hindsight, like to me, honestly, no, he, it's not forgivable whatsoever. He became this, this traitor in that sense. He became a rat. And just looking like t- even looking even more, trying to figure out if like Bill O'Neill's case of him trying to f- like work for his freedom and try to work with the feds to make him safe. Even in that sense, like it almost seemed like he was stuck in this forever. Like even with like him, even with after Fred Hatton's death, I'm not sure what he does afterwards. I think he meant, they mentioned it, but I think he still was an informant. No, Mm -hmm. like he became, he was still someone that like worked with the feds. So regardless if that was his choice or not, it seemed like this was locked in regardless. Like the fact that like he was this, was working for the feds, and that he wanted out. It was not going to happen like that. It was going to be, he works with the feds or he goes to jail or dies. Like, he was stuck in this position that he painted himself in. And obviously, the FBI, the police, and, and whatever who was in charge of this obviously knew that from the jump. That, like, they're going to use someone, whether as a martyr, someone as an assassinator, someone as an informant for the FBI. Like, they obviously knew what they were doing. And there was no end to this. And I think... Uh, there was a point where he sort of should have realized that. And when it came to killing Fred Hampton, someone he became close with essentially for no reason at all, it was obvious that like he sort of wanted to be alive more than he wanted this black civil rights, black civil rights movement to continue on. He was going to like survive regardless of what happens in the future. And I think that's something that's unforgivable. And of course, like of the FBI and the feds and whatever, played a huge part in what in bill o'neill's betrayal but at the same time there's a position in which bill o'neill could have stepped out could have figured something out you know maybe talked to the panthers in that case and trying to figure something out in that case as well or try to sort of pin it back on the people that are trying to kill fred hampton um i don't know just in my my eyes and and in this case i feel like fred uh bill o'neill is in the wrong like in all over the place um, what about you? How do you feel about his position about it? Yeah, I think I feel pretty similarly. Like, I I think essentially he was like from the get go trying to survive the way he knew how, um, and he made a bad deal, and he was basically stuck in it forever, um, regardless of whether he knew like from the beginning exactly how deep he'd be in it um and that like at the point where he like obviously wanted out and like realized what was happening he it was like too late you know and there was like no turning back and even after fred hampton's death i'm sure like he like even after that he was like still stuck i feel like even though he the fbi gave him an out with like oh you're free like um I'm pretty sure, like, they 
either made him like keep being like an informant with the party and like said like oh we're gonna take away these things from you because we gave them to you kind of thing um either way like they still like owned his freedom basically um and yeah i'm sure at some point like he he had he had a choice or he had uh a chance to maybe like reason with the black panther party or like i don't know like just you know made a different bet like you know sacrificed himself to you know for the good of the party or something like that but you know he made his choice and yeah it was it was crazy like reading um those like few paragraphs that came up at the end and like what actually what happened after all those events that were depicted it was like like after like they showed like the real footage of him and then he was like yeah i'm just gonna let history speak for itself basically kind of thing and then it was like the pbs documentary aired on this date he killed himself later that night it's like holy shit like i'm yeah it was uh yeah like he he obviously knows what part of history that he was on and the fact that he committed suicide afterwards was almost just like his sign off of like this is what i did i it seems like he regrets it in that sense and then sort of just signs off in that way um and it's 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 crazy too seeing the white officer that sort of overlooked um bill o'reilly is his name yeah bill bill o'neill sorry the white officer that like looked over Bill O'Neill, they they sort of like in the movie they tried to paint him as someone that was just against the Black Panther Party because of what they did, blah 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 blah. Um, and then slowly it, it becomes this realization, not to him but to the audience, of they're almost as bad as what he thinks the Black Panthers are, like the Feds and the FBI and all that. Because you start to hear things like, "Oh, we use this guy to kill this guy." but he's part of us like he killed his own kind of informant i think it was this weird like they killed an innocent guy who they ju- they just yeah, they just the, labeled the him informant, informant. That, right? the informant yeah their own person just literally murdered an innocent person and was like oh yeah we needed yeah. to sacrifice this black body again for the good of whatever the fuck yeah and that was essentially like their plan like the informant controlled by the fbi kills an innocent person and like the white cops talking about like how the black panthers did that when essentially it was the informant that did that which is so weird like the fact that he didn't like pick up to the fact that like they're just as bad as like what i think of the black panthers and if there is any wrong with the black panthers it's obvious that like the fbi the feds whatever sort of portrayed it in that way because they did it their own they, did, they had the informant do what he was afraid of that the black Panthers are gonna do and he becomes like a part of the fucking like feds and fbi's like movement of just relentlessly depicting black people in this way to kill them and try to take down their leader or whatever um and that white that white cop or whatever didn't really see that and what's crazy to me was the the threat that like the higher-ups gave him was like what are you gonna do when your daughter brings home a black man and he essentially like starts to break down he starts to like realize like oh shit i'm actually super fucking racist and i don't want that to happen kind of a thing and he doesn't want to picture that and essentially tries to further push his racism within lakeith sanford's character and his sort of um orders to do what he needs to do within you know within um, bill o'neill and what he's gonna do and it's just crazy just just seeing those like that like 
hypocrisy within that that you see this like crazy people in power that obviously have more powers than the black panthers and they they're trying to take down fred hampton and the black panthers such a, like not a, i wouldn't say small party but it was something that like doesn't really affect them other than the fact that they want civil rights and it was it was just crazy to see that sort of um duality with those with the white officer with bill o'neill and sort of how they depict the black panthers and how like the fbi feds are actually are and how they're trying to do that to the party with the black panthers yeah that was uh every scene with like all the white people i was just like i mean they were like um excellently depicted as these like terrible terrible puppet masters of like just inciting racism fear terror within their own community within like everyone um and yeah and like blaming it on other people and they're when they're actually just really afraid of like you know not being in power basically not having power um and yeah i you you said it all. I don't know how else to further that. I just have a lot of emotions. But yeah. Um, I guess the final question would be, what do you think of this movie as the best picture contender? Out of like, uh, how much should we watch? One, two, three, four, five, six? Six movies? I think we're missing two movies, which we'll talk about later. But um so out of Minari, Pretty Young Woman, or Probably Young Woman, I get that's <laughs> so confused because I forget Michael Jackson song, that's why, Pretty Young Thing, I think Pretty Young Woman, we <laughs> we have it as PYW, so like that's why I keep getting mixed up. Okay, so Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, No Man Land, The Father, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I gotta say, this movie is probably tied with Minari, like I can't choose between the two just because they're so fantastic and, and because like they obviously touch upon different aspects of of representation and and civil rights in that matter um so it's really hard for me to choose between those two so minari and judas and black messiah are top two wherever you want to put them um i think i said i don't remember my previous listing it's probably changing so <laughs> yeah, much yeah i don't remember mine I think, either i think i i think i said like i don't know uh the father um sound of metal promising young woman and then nomadland that's my ranking now i don't care what i said previously (laughs) as of right now this is that is my listing what is yours i had a tie and i can't remember what it was but but yeah i think i i'm the same as you for number one i think minari and this movie are tied for me um I think I had Promising Young Woman at two, and then I think... Yeah, you always had Promising Young Woman at second, I remember. Okay, and then I think I had number three was, like, tied with The Father and Sound of Metal, and then I'm going to say Nomadland was that last. That also sounds right. But that's no my ranking. Last one? Whatever it was. Nomadland. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, actually. I think you're pretty consistent. I feel like mine is, like, all over the place, but I think yours seems to be sort of consistent in that sense. Um, But with that, the Oscars are in five days, um, and we're missing two movies, which are Mank and The Trial of Chicago 7. Um, 
and we were talking about it and we're we're probably most likely to do like a quick take on it just the two we're gonna i'm gonna watch one i'm gonna watch mank and Carmel's gonna watch Trial of Chicago 7. And then in that quick take, we're gonna try, I guess, try to explain it to each other. <laughs> yeah, whatever, it's like a book report. And try to figure out like <laughs> what's what we feel about it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy when I saw this film and thinking like, damn, this is probably tied for first. Just cause like this movie was so invigorating, so electrifying. And like this movie was really, really good and really, really enticing. Like I was trying to think of like other movies that incorporated I guess an action sense of it um like comparable to like pretty promising young woman sort of how they had some sort of like uh suspense in that and I was trying to figure out what that like with other movies but I think like with promising young woman in this movie I think the story especially the story with this movie felt a lot more cohesive a lot more interesting and a lot more electrifying compared to promising young woman um I feel like if it had that like storytelling a promising young, promising young woman had that like storytelling and a better pacing in that sense with that film i think it'd be higher in my list but just the fact that like this movie happened to tie up with like minari which almost felt like a uh, like flawless like it was untouchable yeah from minari yeah then seeing this film i was like oh i don't know <laughs> minari yeah minari <laughs> <laughs> but i think um i want to ask you like in a realistic sense just trying to think of like how the oscars pick is there a movie in mind or is there a certain feeling you have of what they're gonna pick to be the winner so knowing that the oscars are mostly comprised of wealthy white people um i think i think trial of chicago seven or minari will win because I think if Judas and the Black Messiah wins, it might be too controversial, quote-unquote. I think Nomadland, Pretty Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Father are all not topical movies, or topical, like, subjects, per se, like, that are... Because, like, usually the winner is sort of something that you think, like, maybe represents the time. Or at least I'm trying to get into the mindset of a wealthy white person trying to vote for the fucking best picture. But anyways, um, and this is this is also me ignoring the fact that Shape of Water won that year, which is so crazy to still think about. Honestly, probably the craziest. <laughs> like, we always come back to that. And it's always crazy to think about, like, how that was the one that won. It's just so crazy. It's always so crazy um but yeah i i that's my guess it's either gonna be minari or trial of chicago 7 i think trial of chicago 7 will be the safest winner um and yeah i yeah what are your guess what's your guess i guess <laughs> i don't know like i'm look i'm actually looking right now like um the previous winners and you sort of have you have parasite you have green book the shape of water you have moonlight which is uh kind of uh do you remember that fiasco that really, what was a fiasco oh the how they thought it was la la land or yeah something? they they read the yeah. cue card wrong <laughs> yeah and then we also have 12 years of slave that was on there like i i could see trial struggle seven being one of the winners for sure um but then I could also see, I could honestly kind of see this movie as well being one or two, just because it's tapping into that sort of uh, 
history point that people want to touch upon and like especially with like the recent you know the trial and the verdict of everything it seems like this could be a contender obviously i haven't seen trial of chicago 7 and how much that touches upon um current events and stuff like that um but i can see this movie like being that like dark horse of winning i could also see um nomadland or minari taking it for some reason okay. i just like i don't know okay. if it's because i see nomadland billboards all over the place <laughs> um but i could kind of see that taking it yeah but then you have minari who has like a very large following especially with like the asian representation and how this movie was told and everything i could all see that as well i know it's it's very up in the air like like i think judas could take it out of nowhere and like be like this like underdog that wins but out of those like it's it's really hard to tell but with that and our little predictions on who's going to win the oscars um this has been our episode of judas and the black messiah and even though this was coincidentally recorded on the day that um their verdict on Derek Chauvin was announced today obviously it was a very very big win I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was found not guilty for whatever reason but I don't think um his verdict should be a sign for us to stop honestly it's the opposite I think um the system almost th- knows that like they have to have this man guilty otherwise hell will break loose um and Again, it is a win, but at the same time, I think there's a lot more to be done, especially when it comes to to black civil rights and the civil rights and all that. Um, it feels like it's it's never changing, especially after watching this film. But obviously, the civil rights movement never stops in that sense. And especially with this movie, it's a, a great time to educate ourselves on the movement and on the Black Panthers and Fred Hampton and sort of how we could help the black community and people who are um, downtrodden in that sense and help them with their civil rights as well um but uh, but man like i'm really glad that he he was guilty but there's so much more that that needs to be cleaned up in that sense um that's a whole different episode slash topic so with that thank you all for listening everybody my name is josh landicho and you can follow me on instagram at the space wolf and i'm carmel and you can follow me at cat and you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, anything of that nature will help us out. We also have a program on Anchor called Listener Subscriber, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount. Only if you're able to, obviously, but that would help us out a lot. Um, but with that, thank you all for listening, everybody. And keep on watching and don't watch my friend martin because apparently it ends really really badly i didn't even know that's it's crazy that's what it was called fucking movie that's stupid